0: with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football. It's the Punt and Pass Podcast.
1: Dogs are winners. A national championship for a new
2: generation of Bulldogs. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly. I've been laying, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Your Cornballs get stolen. Welcome
0: in
2: to the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. Join alongside my co-host, Jake Fromm. Be sure to follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. He's at Fromm, Jake, puntandpass.com, the number one destination for all things college football. All right, it's the first weekend of October. Week six is on deck. Once this one's wrapped up, Jake, we are officially half way through the 2023 college football regular season and buddy we have some serious matchups on deck coming up which of course we will break down when we go inside the five giving everybody the top five games of the weekend we'll hit three and out here in just a second talk about all the latest news and storylines around the great game of college football but first things first how are you my man you got a big one we're recording this a little bit early Jake Fromm and the Washington Commanders on Thursday Night Football tonight against the Chicago Bears.
1: Yeah, man. We take on the Bears Thursday Night Football. Tune in. Going to be a fun one. Um, Man, we said it last episode. I cannot believe it's October already, man. Fall's flying by. Wish it could just slow down just a little bit. Uh, But going to be a great weekend of college football. Excited to talk it and chop it up.
2: No doubt. What's the schedule like for an NFL team getting ready for a Thursday night game? Because obviously the week is extremely truncated. You guys are at home, so that changes things a little bit. Yep. You don't have to travel. Um, is it physical? Are you guys hitting the field? Are the practices the same length? What's that like?
1: Yeah, uh, it's very hectic. Um, and I would say it's hectic it's hectic on us players, but it's really, really tough on the coaches. Because uh, they have to come in, grind it out, game plan. Um, we came in on Monday, kind of mid, uh, early afternoon, kind of around two o'clock um, and started meetings. we were there pretty late on Monday. And then Tuesday is like a, a it's supposed to be kind of like a Friday practice, but it's yeah. uh, it's, it's more geared up towards a, thir- a Thursday, a big work Thursday, uh, but not very physical. Uh, you're kind of jogged through. Um and really just trying to get guys moving and sweating but not trying to get guys to strain too much because they just played a game guys, yeah. two, two, three days ago, Overtime so.
2: game at that, too. You guys, and that was a battle against the Eagles. Was a, yeah,
1: with over 80 plays, I think,
2: um, on offense. So, uh, so just a yeah. lot of install, a lot more mental preparation, then obviously doing some walkthroughs, getting guys in yep. the right place to kind of put the game plan together.
1: Yeah, and then the game plan is short, sweet, simple, stuff you've you have comfort running i'm not trying to trick anybody just trying to put a good product out on the field and and give ourselves the chance to win
2: love it love it speaking of a good game plan i have one for everybody out there and it's to get on prize picks this weekend Mm. now i do have to say i tried to get too cute with the db3 piece a week ago and i was so disappointed in myself so disappointed in myself i said kayla williams would go under three and a half passing touchdowns last week. He had six. Okay. He had six against Colorado. I thought it'd be a blowout. I thought they'd start running the ball. I thought Colorado would make a late comeback and cover six passing touchdowns. And of course, Jaden Daniels and Quinshot Junkins, they got in the end zone with rushing touchdowns. So it was the last leg, the first leg that cost me the DB three piece. My game plan is to deliver one to the listeners this weekend That will be coming up in a little bit. And of course, you have to download the Prize Picks app. This episode of Punt and Pass is presented to you by our awesome partners over at Prize Picks. Whenever you download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com and sign up, use the promo code PUNT and you get a 100% deposit match up to $100. So, how does that work? Well, you download the app, you use the promo code PUNT, and then when you deposit $100, Prize Picks gives you $100. If you deposit $5, Price Picks gives you $5. That's what we do for the people here on the Punt and Pass podcast. That's what the great folks at Price Picks do for our squad. Price Picks is a skill-based, daily fantasy game, and there's so much you can get down on. NFL, Major League Baseball, yeah, the playoffs are starting. College football, the NBA, and the NHL are right around the corner, and the PGA is back. The fall series. Wake up, people. Now is the time. You can win up to 25x your money. All you have to do is pick two to six players. You guess it, they'll go more or less than their prize picks projection, and boom, there you go. DB3 piece coming up. I guarantee, hashtag, air quote, guarantee it hits this weekend. Shout out prize picks. Promo code punt. All right, let's go three now. Setting the stage for a great weekend of college football. First down. Hugh Freeze after, uh, you know, a spirited effort against the number 1 ranked Georgia Bulldogs last weekend. He's talking to the media. He's doing his thing. He's answering questions and Jake, he kind of let the cat out of the bag here and it's getting a lot of reaction on social media. He says and I quote, "I'll miss playing UGA every year." End quote. Now obviously he's alluding to the SEC expanding next year. Obviously he's alluding to the fact that teams will be playing different teams with the new scheduling. If you're an Auburn fan or if you're a Georgia fan, are you taking this for what it's worth? And if so, if Georgia and Auburn no longer play every year, will that be one of the many tragedies of conference realignment?
1: I would be so hurt if the Deep South's oldest rivalry. How can you, yeah, I mean gets, how gets discontinued because of expansion? But I'm also I, – I also am, am not trying to look too much into this because earlier in the week he had another plunder of saying how Kirby didn't have much, uh, much oh, yeah. success, early success. It's like, yeah, it's well, right. wait a minute, he went to the natty in year two. So, uh, you know, of recent um, kind of plunders, he, he just had one earlier in the week. So Maybe he just misspoke. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um after a uh, very tough and spirited loss, like you mentioned, uh, maybe it could just be another uh, uh, misspoken uh, sentence. I don't know. I hope so. That's the way I want to lean on this. I hope so because I would hate to have that game get discontinued because it's something I always look forward uh, to watching. always enjoy playing. Um, It's just a, a great time to play those guys.
2: No question. No question. It's the deep South's oldest rivalry. I think last weekend was like the 126th playing or something along those lines. And it always comes down to ending up being a great game. I know Georgia's had a, a great run recently of some dominance, but out of all the things that conference realignment brings, losing some of those legacy rivalries, it just stings. It hurts a little bit deeper when you look at the grand scheme of things and, you know, and you talk about, Oregon and Washington joining the big 10 like Oregon at Rutgers doesn't really do it for me. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm just saying that right now. Now if the sec were to expand further than Texas and Oklahoma, which could very well happen last week, it was reported that Clemson's trying to push some buttons and see if they can get out of the ACC. Now the conversation becomes a little bit different. Do you bring in Clemson and Florida state? Do you bring in four teams, Clemson, Florida state, Miami, North Carolina, I don't know, but things are going to continue to get bigger. It seems like we're moving towards the power three conferences, which would be the Big 10, which would be the Big 12, which would be the SEC if the ACC does, in fact, lose some of those core members. But you have to keep some sort of history. Okay. I understand everything's growing, money rules all. You have to grow with the times. But this is college football we're talking about, okay? I know that we're already dealing with it, Jake, but you got to keep some of these rivalries. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. If Georgia did have to lose one of the legacy rivalries, I'll say Florida, I'll say Tennessee, I'll say Auburn, who would you drop? Or would you add a different one in there? I think those are the three biggest legacy rivalries they have in the SEC.
1: Yeah, I I would agree. Who would Uh, you drop? I'm leaning towards Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. Um, because Auburn has the deep South's oldest rivalry. And then Georgia, Florida game, the cocktail bowl, it's in Jacksonville. I just, you know, I just just something about that game. I just don't like those guys. So <laughs> yeah. I wanna I wanna see that game. Get, continue to play. Now, I don't I don't have a whole lot of love in my heart either for, for Tennessee, but um, if you had to give me that, that's tough. Those three games, is tough, but I think I would have to lean Tennessee.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would have to lean Tennessee as well. Being an Atlanta kid, you know, growing up here, I, I love the Georgia Tech game. That's the team that I hate the most. Um, more than Florida, more than Tennessee, more than Auburn. All three of my brothers-in-law went to Georgia Tech. You know, mm-hmm. that Thanksgiving feeling yep. like that, that that we're gonna hey, lose, yeah. we're yeah. gonna lose that game. It stinks. Sucks. We're gonna lose that game. Um, it's the price you pay for more dollars and more cents, which is exactly what college football teams, athletic administrations, conferences, schools. Are you getting any more? I'm not getting I'm not, getting, I'm not right. getting any more dollars. Are you getting more dollars? I'm almost? not getting any more dollars in this. Now it will be interesting if okay. some of these class action lawsuits against the NCAA come down. Sir Jake Fromm will be able to sign the dotted line, put your name in those class action lawsuits, see if you can recoup some of that money. I don't know. I'm I'm too old. I think I might be phased out of that class action lawsuit, but you know, I'll be trying. I will be trying. All right, second down. Georgia set to host their first home SEC night game since 2021 when South Carolina came to town. Should be an electric atmosphere. The buildup for this game is just growing by the minute. Number 1 ranked Georgia, the 20th ranked Kentucky Wildcats. Kentucky ran all over Georgia, excuse me, Florida last weekend, setting up a big-time matchup. Both of these teams are undefeated. Night game between the hedges. should be an awesome atmosphere, 7 p.m. on ESPN. We'll get into that in just a little bit. But I do want to ask you, who's got the best home environment in the SEC? You can't say Georgia. We're going to go outside of Georgia. Who's got the best home atmosphere in the SEC? Because after last weekend when Georgia played at Auburn, you heard a lot of people giving Auburn props saying that might be the toughest place to play in the SEC.
0: Yeah,
1: such a tough and loaded question. It is. Uh being the, the number one ranked team, my freshman year going into Auburn when they whipped our tails. Uh them playing Soldier Boy, Swag Surfing in the fourth quarter was pretty nuts. Yeah, it's never fun.
2: Um Going to LSU, um, I, man. I, but every, that was every, a three thirty game, right? That was not a night game when you played. It there. was not. Yeah, yeah I, was we like did a three thirty game back in the day as well. It wasn't a night game.
1: Yeah, um, you know, and they play their little band song they have that's uh, not uh, podcast friendly. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, Tennessee's pretty cool too when they when they check aboard it. Um, yeah, we, what we about played South their, Carolina their night. South Carolina was just hot, man. Yeah. <laughs> South Carolina was just hot. To me, South Carolina and the stadium, it, it reminds me a lot of the fair. I don't know if you ever fair. been fair. I
2: don't
1: know if you've <laughs> ever been to the Perry National Fair. Um, but that shout is, out Perry,
2: Georgia. Love it.
1: That that's just what it reminds me of.
2: Like driving into one massive parking lot, and then yeah. there's a concrete stadium there. That yeah. is what Williams Bryce Stadium is like. Just kind of just Columbia, comes up out South of nowhere. Carolina. Yeah. Any places you played – I mean, you played at Notre Dame. You played in the Rose Bowl. Any places yep. out of conference that really stuck out to you?
1: Notre Dame was cool just because of the history, the tradition. Uh, Rose Bowl, very similar. Rose Bowl had the best grass and playing surface I've ever been on. Had really? mountains in the background. Beautiful Sick. sunset. When we came out for the third quarter, just a gorgeous sunset that you could see. Like, as, as you're playing, you just just kind of look over like, wow, that That's is – That's pretty awesome. That is just beautiful um where else do we go uh vanderbilt nothing nothing too impressive (laughs) about vanderbilt Uh, um it'd be great when those guys get another stadium no question Uh, cocktail ball is cool but uh i i would be pretty excited if i was a player to get to do a a home and home uh with those guys i would love to play in the swamp just to know what that i know feels
2: like I know really the only guy that's done it is Eric Zier as a quarterback when Georgia and Florida had to go home and home back in the late nineties. We'll get back to the original point though. And and we do have to show Georgia and Sanford stadium, some love for a night game because one of the best night games in recent memory was in you guys hosted Notre Dame for that 8. PM kick on CBS. That was totally electric. That was the start of really the red lights. If I remember correctly, it was. was, um, and it set the stage as a great place to play. You know, those fans are gonna be fired up this weekend, buddy.
1: Dude, I, I think so. Uh people are gonna be pumped about it. I already have people texting me, you know, right now to say, Hey, can we stay at your house? <laughs> are you gonna so, be in the game? No, no, oh, you stay uh, up there. Probably probably stay up here this weekend. Okay. Uh handle business uh up here. But uh yeah, got some got some friends who are staying at the house. Hopefully they can uh Uh, Enjoy the game uh, because I I think it's going to be awesome. I think all Georgia fans look forward to it because you don't get it that often for whatever reason. Uh, Yeah, and just try to enjoy it, hang out all day, and and hopefully the dogs go out and take care of business.
2: Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, third down, and this is a little bit of a pivot because this just broke. It's being reported, okay? Stick with me here because your head might spin or you might not be surprised at all. As we know, Michigan State officially fired Mel Tucker a week ago. Per CBS Brenton, in a recent closed-door board meeting, Michigan State athletics and university officials have confirmed ongoing constructive conversations with – any guesses? Three, two, one. Urban Meyer. The board stated that both the school and Meyer are showing, quote, extreme mutual interest. Urban Meyer getting back in the mix, potentially, with a rumored opening at Michigan State. This guy, this guy, I I don't know what else to say. I mean, he's on Fox Big Noon Kickoff. I see him doing some podcasts throughout the week. Now it's being reported that there is extreme mutual interest between Michigan State in East Lansing and Urban Meyer, who was most recently Ohio State and the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach. Jake, your thoughts, please, my friend.
1: I mean, I guess this <laughs> guy, I guess he just uh, can't get enough of it, man. Just just loves some some ball, has to get involved, wants to be a head cheese and and win football games, so.
2: I, uh, yeah, let me just say this. Okay. And I say this with all due respect because some of the greatest people that I know are football coaches. Some of the people who have had the most impact in my life are football coaches. Football coaches are sick individuals, man. They are addicted (laughs) to the game. They can't get enough. They can't get away from it. It's all they know. It's all they love. They've been doing it since they were five years old. Something happens when you become a football coach to where it's like you just can't get away from it. It is a true addiction. Um, And obviously, when I'm talking about the football coaches that have had great impact on my life, it's unlike an Urban Meyer. I'll just say that. But yeah. I do love football coaches. I will stand by my statement that they are sick individuals.
1: I, if. I, you know, I don't want to just dis- we don't ever want to disclude anybody in our conversations. But unless you've played football on our level, you have no idea how accurate <laughs> that statement is. Um, I mean, it's out of love. It's out of it's it, out of it endearment. Is. It's a term it of is. endearment. It is because uh, we we respect what you guys do. Um, we thank you for for getting making us better players and better men. But man, the hours, the hours <laughs> it's crazy. The, the hours spent staring at a screen, constant game planning. I mean, it's it's a different world, guys. It's a different world.
2: I think one of the truest things I always hear um when a coach gets an award or when you're in a family setting, or if you're with your team, maybe at the end of a season gala or something like that. Coaches are always the first to say, or maybe it's another family member like. You know, I I just want to thank my family because we sacrifice so much. We share ourselves with our entire team rather than just the family. Meaning, you know, Kirby Smart at Georgia, he's got his kids at home and his wife and Mary Beth Smart. He also has 125 other kids at UGA. Like that is the burden that these coaches hold. And it's what makes it one of the hardest jobs in all of America and i'm not lying when i say that that is not hyperbole the reason why i think specifically jake college football head coaching is one of the toughest jobs in america first and foremost the expectations right the standards so high it's such a a win now environment to where you literally move your family have one bad year they'll just fire you i mean put the money aside that yeah. sucks but two managing 125 18 to 22 year olds from 125 different socioeconomic backgrounds. It's just incredible, okay? That's why a football locker room is one of the greatest things ever. You have all these guys that come together, South Georgia, Country Club, Metro Atlanta, Texas, Florida, New York, all over the place, all different personal backgrounds. Put your hand in the pile, you become brothers, and you fight towards one goal. But managing those personalities on a daily basis, communicating with them, understanding and getting involved in very personal matters, which come up daily college football coaching specifically is one of the toughest jobs in America. I'll stand by that as well.
1: Dude, honestly, I don't think you could have said it any better. And uh, I'm just going to add a little bit to it. I mean, you just cannot fathom the time they spend on their profession, their craft on not their kids. uh, God bless them. And then, and then the the not even the kids that p- end up playing for them, but all the other kids in the recruiting process oh my they gosh, spend dude. so many countless hours with getting to know on a very personal level, who end up going different places. Um yeah, man, I just they they do an incredible job. Somebody's got to do it, they do it, uh, and they get paid well for it.
2: I'll just say this, then we'll move on. I'll do my three piece, we'll get into inside the five. I, I have this. Um, great appreciation now being 34 with three kids and like understanding what a college football coach really does. As we're talking about, I I remember my senior year of high school. I'm a nobody. I am a no star kicker punter from Peachtree Ridge high school in about once every three weeks. I would get a text message and a phone call from one Mike Bobo at UGA. And I thought it was like the coolest thing in the world. Obviously, I grew up loving Georgia. I had a couple of other offers, Duke and Lake Forest. I always wanted to go to Georgia. And when Coach Bobo would call me, literally like 930 on a Wednesday night. So if you're listening to this podcast and it's 930 on a weeknight and you have kids and you have a job, imagine having to pick up the phone and call a 16-year-old who's in senior of high school and be like, Hey man, what's up? Like holding a conversation with me. It's just so ridiculous. I have such great appreciation for it. And they do that over and over and over again to build relationships, to recruit. He just had to do it with me. And it's just so funny looking back at that. Now, having had him be my coach. Now he's back at UGA as the offensive coordinator, your recruiting experience far different from mine, five-star recruit QB one on Netflix, I mean that must have just bombarded with you, right?
1: Yeah, I mean the relationships that uh, that I was able to just create and build uh, during the recruiting process was huge, and and it's it's so funny that the kind of the the fruits of of those relationships being built like shows up across the league all the time, like yeah, coach coach Cheney, uh, like a year or two ago was with the New or- the what the uh, with the New Orleans Saints. And just see him on the sidelines. So you just, you never know who you're going to see in the coaching profession. Um, And then also too, man, just having a coach reach out to you after you, you know, you go beat Lee County or somebody, I mean, it just makes you feel good uh, all the time. So that's, but it's also taking a lot of time. I know. uh, out of your life as well i
2: think so. you said last season like billy napier recruited you hard at alabama and wasn't didn't he come visit when you were maybe with the browns or somebody and you guys sat there and had lunch together like, yeah. just caught up on life or whatever yeah yeah and that's know. remarkable yeah it doesn't you, you happen just, in any other profession
1: yeah. you just never know right i mean i was a 10th grader in high school and talked to coach napier a bunch when i go over there getting recruited and then all of a sudden he's the head coach at Florida and I'm with the Browns for a workout and we sit and have lunch and just talk about how it's going. I mean, you just never, ever know, um, treated by
2: the same football is a beautiful game. And I will say, um, you and I have known each other now for about a year and a half. I mean, honestly, before you jumped on the podcast, you knew my dad better than you know me when he was a student yep. assistant at Georgia,
1: sure did.
2: but I've never had one person say anything other than awesome things about Jake Fromm. So. Hats off to you, sir. You. Hats you. off to you, sir. All right. Before we head into to the inside the five, diving into the top five games of the week, we have a bunch of top 25 matchups, which is pretty awesome. It's gonna be a great weekend of college football. We need to tell you about prize picks. That's right. Download the prize picks app. We're recording this a bit early. Okay. Jake has a Thursday night football game on Prime Video. It's the Bears at the Commanders. So you're gonna have to head on over to social media. To get the DB3 piece, I'll put it up all over the place, but it's hitting this weekend. Tail it, please. I will brag about it all next week when we cash. Download the Prize Picks app, use the promo code PUNT. You get a 100% deposit match up to $100. It's an unbelievable college football slate. I will get you locked in. Caveat here we're recording this a bit early. You got to go to social media at PUNT and Pass, at Drew Butler. At Prize Picks, it will be up there before the weekend. I will continue to repost it. I will continue to post the promo code. I'm trying to give you free money, people. Thanks to our great partners over at Prize Picks. Download the Prize Picks app. The best skill-based daily fantasy game on the market. Promo code PUNT. That's Prize Picks. All right, Jake, let's go inside the five. We're starting at noon. This game's on ABC. It's the Red River Rivalry. Number 12, Oklahoma, undefeated, against number three, Texas, undefeated. Hasn't happened in a while. Texas is a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. The total here, 59-and-a-half. I feel like that's a little low. I've watched a lot of Oklahoma football for whatever reason so far this year. This offense is clicking under Jeff Lebby, who came from Ole Miss. Dylan Gabriel is spreading the ball out all over the yard. Everybody knows how explosive Texas' offenses is. Quinn Ewers. AD Mitchell, that run game, Steve Sarkeesian. This one's sure to bring some fireworks. I love to see the hype around this rivalry again.
1: Dude, I agree. Could not agree more. Um, I uh I want Texas to win this football game. Like I, I okay. want them to win this game. Not that I think they're gonna win. I, I do think they're gonna win, but I just I want them to win because I want Texas to have a good season. Uh, I want them to be in the mix at the end of this deal. And I want them to come in with some, some steam and some firepower into the sec next okay. year, make some noise. And I think it's just, it'd be good for the sec. And I think it'd be good for college football. So I'm excited about this one. It's going to be a big test for those guys. Um, they had to battle early with Kansas last week. Uh, but I think they'll come out clicking uh, a lot sooner. And, uh, Yeah, I mean they've already had a big test against Alabama, so I I think because yeah, I think because they've already have that experience, I'm going with Texas all day long on this one.
2: Listen to these quarterback statistics: Dylan Gabriel, almost 1600 yards passing, 15 touchdowns to only two interceptions. Quinn Ewers, about 1400 yards passing, 10 touchdowns to one interception. Oklahoma's averaging 510 total yards of offense. Texas almost 480. Total yards of offense. And Texas just dismantled Kansas last weekend. Kansas was a top 25 team. They're rolling right now. These two yep. teams sit above the Big 12. Jake just told you they're about to head into the SEC. This is going to be a great game. Most certainly, you have to take the over here, tune in on Saturday at noon and get you some. I mean, 59 and a half, 60 and a half. I think it goes way over, but get this: Texas is just four and ten straight up, but eight and six against the spread in this game since 2010. Last year, Texas was favored for the first time since 2009, and they won 49 to nothing. So Oklahoma, big revenge factor. They have to come out,
1: have to come out with something. But will it be enough? I personally do not believe so.
2: I'm going to take the points. Give me six and a half. Texas wins a close one. Whoever has the ball last wins. I I, I think this is I like one of those it. classic games. So yep. going to be a fun one. Great QB matchup. I'm locked in for that game. No doubt about it. On the other TV, Jake, at noon on ESPN, <laughs> we have a great SEC matchup. 23rd ranked LSU at 21st ranked Missouri. LSU is a six and a half point favorite. The total here is 63 LSU's defense buddy. Oh, buddy. They need to fix some things because a lot of pundits were high on the tigers heading into the season. They've already dropped two games. They could be heading into irrelevancy if they lose at Mizzou. Yeah. That's uh is irrelevancy a word? I do not know. I'll look that up. I, I
1: knew what you meant. Okay. It's, it's a good enough word. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. How about, how about that? Um, but I was not expecting, I don't know. I say it was not. LSU is going downhill a little bit quicker than I was expecting. Um had some tough games here early. I think it would be hard for them to let two or one bad game turn into two here, uh, back to back. Uh but Mizzou is, is surprising people right now, man. They got this game at home. It's at noon. Maybe they could get out to a fast and early start and basically beat LSU up before they ever knew what hit them. So um, I don't know. I mean, to be honest with you, I wish I knew more about 21 ranked Mizzou, but I was not expecting them to to be a a contending team this year in the top 25, but here they are surprising us. And I, I think they got a shot against 23 LSU coming into town at noon.
2: I love it. Let me tell you a little bit more about those Mizzou Tigers led by Brady Cook, who's got some experience in the SEC. He is a very apt quarterback. Irrelevancy is not a word. They are heading into irrelevance. That is the word. So drop hey. the Y there. But I said it on Monday's podcast. The last time these two teams matched up at Faroe Field, Mizzou won. They knocked off LSU 45 to 41. They were 14 point underdogs back in that COVID year of 2020, some high level stats. Obviously Jaden Daniels is lighting it up, but that LSU defense, I don't know. I've just got a lot of question marks about it. Brady cook has not thrown an interception yet this season. So if he can take care of the football, he will be putting Mizzou in a very great spot. LSU's offense though, they can score with the best of them. I don't know, man. I mean, Missouri's defense Pretty stout, I don't 300 yards total offense allowed, good rush defense. I think LSU's going to get theirs. I feel like Mizzou going to be a popular pick here based on what people saw from LSU yeah. last week. So with that being said, I think I'd lay the six and a half with the Tigers. Of LSU. These are both Tigers in this game. So I'll lay the six and a half with LSU. All right, let's go to the 330 matchup. Number 11, Alabama heads to Texas A&M. These are the last two undefeated teams in the SEC West in conference play. 330 on CBS. Bama, short two and a half point favorite. The total here is 49 and a half points. Could Jimbo Fisher go back to back knocking off Nick Saban, Texas A&M, won this game a year ago.
1: Yeah, I just – I don't see it, Coach. I just – it's not the cards. I know Alabama is not the Alabama of old. They're the Alabama of new, and they're trying to figure it out, but I I think under the old motto of keep chopping, I think they're going to just slowly grind this season out, and they'll be where they want to be late in the year. And it starts by beating Texas AM and on the road, so I, I think this may be a turning point in their season where they really start to figure things out. Um, you know, two and a half's tight, so I guess the uh, the money line people out in Vegas aren't expecting a whole lot of uh, stuff out of Alabama. But I am, coach. I am, and I think they're going to turn things around
2: and get on the right track going into the second half of the season. Allow me to correct myself. Alabama won this game last year at home. I meant back-to-back at Texas A&M. Could Jimbo yep. Fisher make it happen? They beat Alabama in College Station 41-38 to back in 2021. You know, Max Johnson's spinning it, and Texas A&M seems like they're finding a little bit of their group. And we mentioned Ole Miss two weeks ago in Sa- against Alabama, if not now, when? when? It almost seems like this SEC West scenario, for Texas A&M, if not now, when? If not this season, when is the window going to be this wide open for Jimbo Fisher to take advantage of the opportunity and find themselves in Atlanta? It's driving me crazy, but I cannot think of the person, if it was anybody out there listening, text me, tweet me, let me know who you think said this. Somebody told me this. They were like, Texas a and is going to be the West champion. They'll be in the SEC championship. I was like, whoa really a and m wins this football game Mm. give me the points a and m wins this football game if not now when it's at college station 330 game place should be rocking Jalen milro hasn't proven it if the defense can limit what milro does on the ground take the texas blueprint put it in your game plan try to beat alabama i always feel a little grimy when i pick against alabama You do not make a profit fading Alabama, but this year it's different. I don't know. Something just tells me. It could be the year for A&M. That that thought, somebody put that thought in my head. Maybe I dreamt it. Maybe I didn't, but I'll roll with A&M here. Watch out, Alabama. I'm putting you on notice. Putting you on notice. All right. We will go to the ABC game before we break down the Georgia-Kentucky game. Number 10, Notre Dame. Heads to undefeated number 25, Louisville. Okay, 7.30 p.m. ABC. Notre Dame's a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. The total is 51-and-a-half. I don't know. Notre Dame, of course, they love the national spotlight. They've dropped the game with that close loss to Ohio State. They got out of Dodge, that being Duke, a week ago with a late comeback victory. Louisville undefeated. I'm assuming you haven't seen much Louisville. Hand up. I haven't either. What are you thinking here? Could Sam Hartman and the boys— Get it done on the road. Those night road games against a top 25 opponent, that's just tough sledding for any team.
1: Like I just know about our little bit QB room talk, talk a little bit about Louisville. No know Jeff Bromster, their head coach, I know they're well-coached. That's right. Um, and I know Notre Dame went and played Duke on the road last week and, and didn't play all that great. Um, so I'm just kind of under this, Hey, watch out. Um, but also on the other side of that is, are they going to let that happen two weeks in a row? So uh, I, I think Notre Dame's going to come out. Uh, and I think the quarterback from Notre Dame is going to have a
2: big game. Sam Harmon. Yeah. yeah. I'll agree with he, you on that.
1: I think he responds. I think he's got to.
2: I think that's a pretty good handicap. I mean, I love a primetime home dog. Louisville fits that moniker perfect right here. Catching six and a half, probably gets closer to seven before kickoff as the public will steam up Notre Dame. Jack Plummer is the quarterback for the Jeff Brom coach Louisville Cardinals. And I looked it up last week. He has no relation to Jake the Snake Plummer, former NFL quarterback from Arizona State, and the kid's from Arizona as well, which is uh, crazy to me. I mean, it's not that Jake Plummer's from Arizona. I think he lives in Denver now. But I was like, oh, Plummer, Arizona, he must be Jake's kid. He's not. Jack Plummer, no relation. Kind of crazy. Louisville averaging over 300 passing yards per game. Notre Dame's defense only allowing 145 passing yards per game, so it could be a good matchup for the Fighting Irish. I like that. I'll roll with you as well. Take Sam Hartman. I have a future Heisman bet on him, which is probably dead after they lost that Ohio state game. That was a big bummer. All right, let's break down the biggest game of the weekend for most of our listeners. Number 20, Kentucky heading between the hedges to take on the top ranked Georgia Bulldogs 7 PM ESPN. Our buddy, Sean McDonough, Greg McElroy, Molly McGrath on the call Georgia right now. Shockingly a 14 and a half point favorite. The total is set at 47 points. Jake, I'll just say it right now. A lot of people are expecting a lot of things from Kentucky after Ray Davis went for 280 and three touchdowns against Florida a week ago and when Georgia's rushing defense did not look very good against Auburn.
1: So you think 14's a little hot, Coach? Is I that, think no? it's
2: high. I mean, I think it's high. I think the odds makers are begging you, go take Kentucky. I thought they were doing the same thing last week against Auburn through five games Georgia has not covered a game yet. They're 0-4-1. Vegas just doesn't give out free money there, Coach. They get, they're they going to get it back one way or another, but I, I I can't figure out if this is the week. I don't
1: know, man. I, I think the dogs finally just put a good
2: one together. You think for, so? You got to start fast. For four quarters, hey,
1: it's a 7 o'clock, 7 p.m. kickoff, So they have all day to figure out that that first 15 15 scripted plays. And I think they they figure it out. They start fast finally, score a touchdown on the first drive and the second drive, and I think the dogs run the cats out of the stadium.
2: You think so? So Liam Cohen and Mark Stoops and Devin Leary, their quarterback, who, again – you know, transferred in from NC State, a guy who's got tons of experience, and then Ray Davis putting together an amazing game. It's not like they're going to be sneaking up on the dogs now. I mean, Georgia's going to be watching that tape. You said it on Monday's podcast. Kirby is going to be screaming at those guys at practice. Set the edge, set the edge. I feel like this is a good matchup for Georgia. Watch the tape from the Florida Kentucky game. Every single one of Ray Davis's long touchdown runs was in between the tackles. What is one thing that Auburn did not do against Georgia? Run it in between the tackles. They exposed the perimeter of Georgia's defense. Clearly, Hugh Free saw that as a weakness. I just don't know if Kentucky has the dudes to say, okay, let's pivot our rushing attack to attack the perimeter. They might just try to get inside the tackles, Jake. I feel like Georgia can stuff that pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm
1: speaking from... Personal experience here. And anytime the defense under Coach Smart had an issue, whether they gave up a ton of passing yards or they had a couple uh, big run plays, whatever that issue was on defense, let me tell you, son, they fixed it. They addressed the it next week. They address it. And I promise the boys are going to be hitting on defense, they're going to be setting the edge. Uh, They're going to be winning inside, and the perimeter DBs are going to be just diving, crawling, and blowing up the ball carrier, especially after his big game last week. So you watch out. That defense is going to be some crazy junkyard dogs come this Saturday.
2: The last four meetings between Georgia and Kentucky have gone under the total, averaging 25.8 points per game knowing that Kentucky is probably going to try to establish the run game. How much of a factor can the fan base be so loud that you're going to try to force some false starts early? I thought, and we talked about it on last week's podcast. Hey, if Georgia's not going to score early, gain some yards, punt them deep, make them go 80 plus. It's exactly what George did. And they started turning the ball over and things got a little bit out of whack. When you know a team's going to be running so much, how much can the fan base be a factor?
1: Oh, it's still still a huge factor. I mean, you still got to throw the ball on third longs. I mean, you can't just sit there and hand the ball up every time. I mean, I guess Georgia Tech could back in the day when they were running the triple option. But yeah. uh, you're still going to throw the ball on third down. You still have to be able to communicate uh, protections, runs, checks, all those sorts of things. So crowd noise is still always a factor. Um, and, man, Sanford Stadium at night – It's just an unbelievable atmosphere. It's going to be rocking the lights. Fourth quarter, it's going to be some cool stuff, man.
2: So you're calling dogs blowout. Now, is that 31-3? to Is it uh, Kentucky's going to get some points on the board as well? I like what you said. In the history of Kirby's eight years at Georgia, when the defense gets exposed in a specific area, most of the time it gets corrected the following week.
1: I like like 34-10. Okay. All yeah. right,
2: a succinct prediction from one Jake from I think thirty four ten is a great prediction. Brock Bowers probably going to get activated. Yeah, you and I talked about it on Monday. If Carson Beck plays for the rest of the season like he did in the second half against Auburn, then watch out. I'd love to see a little bit of moxie. I'd love to see a little bit of juice from Carson Beck under the lights. Let me see him scream a little bit in the pregame montages when ESPN's getting the cameras around. I think it's going to be a great night for Georgia as well. Go back in the past five, six, seven years of punt and pass. You know I love it when Georgia sends Kentucky to basketball season, which is exactly what could be happening this Saturday night between the hedges. So, Jake, you've talked me into it. I love the dogs. I like the under, and I like the dogs. So there you go. You just said it, my friend. Going to be a great one in between the hedges. Going to be a great weekend for everybody as well. Your football weekend gets kicked off tonight, Thursday night. Football Bears at Commanders. Good luck, my friend. It'll be a fun one to watch.
1: Thanks, man. It's going to be a fun night. Stadium's going to be rocking. Uh, It's going to be a good time.
2: Absolutely. Before you get locked in for the weekend, make sure you got your prize picks app Fired Up. If you haven't downloaded it yet, get it now. Use the promo code PUNT. You get a 100% deposit match up to your first $100. So much action going on. College football, Major League Baseball playoffs have officially started. The NHL and NBA are right around the corner. PJ Tour golf this weekend in Jackson, Mississippi. Get on prize picks. You can do cross-sport entries. Pick two to six players. Predict if they go more or less than their prize picks projection, and you can win 25 extra money. Head on over to social media at prize picks or at Drew Butler or at Punt and Pass. And I'll give you the DB3 piece. It's cashing this weekend, and we can all have a profitable first weekend of October. That is my present to you. Thank you, Prize Picks. Follow them at Prize Picks. Use the promo code PUNT. Follow us at Punt and Pass, at Drew Butler, at from Jake, Jake, anything on the way out, my friend?
1: No, man. Dogs win. Let's go, baby. Love it.
2: I love it. All right. Have a great weekend. Go, Commanders on Thursday Night Football. Enjoy the first crisp weekend of October, and we will talk to you on Monday. See you. We out.
0: Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation, like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable, mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1, smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olson.